Should you be concerned with the next pandemic? I am going to tell you why you should be. And as Christians, we have a biblical mandate to be up in this news and aware of the fight that we have got to be ready for coming up as the world continues to spiral out of control. But I want to do that with hope and confidence because we are not people who shrink back in fear. We're people who stand up in faith. Let's do it. Your favorite night of the week, the deep end of Tim Hatch live. Yes, everybody, welcome into the show. It is The Deep End, where we talk about the news and the views of the day from a Christian worldview, and it is Season 7, Episode 14, and I am your humble host, Tim Hatch. Welcome in. We've got to talk about what's going on in the WHO, in the WEF, uh, and in the FBI, and all the things that are happening in our open borders madness that is going on in our country, because this has all the trimmings of a global initiative to basically rob the whole world of its rights and tie us all together in one global dominant force that, gee, who predicted? Hmm. The Bible, God, Jesus, John. Yeah, it's all there. So let's do news. news. News you choose and you could choose news. Okay, so Disease X is on deck, and it is pretty alarming what's going on over at the WHL, WHO. The World Health Organization, the director has called for a world pandemic treaty to prepare for Disease X. Now, I want to tell you what Disease X is. It's not actually a disease, at least... It's not a disease that's out of the vials where they're testing it right now in California. It's a hypothetical placeholder for a virus that has not yet been formed, but scientists say could be 20 times deadlier than the COVID-19 virus, which was basically the seasonal flu, if anybody's going to admit that. It was added to the WHO's short list of pathogens for research in 2017 that could cause a serious international epidemic, according to a 2022 WHO press release. Now, this is a direct quote from this article, the pandemic agreement can bring all the experience, all the challenges that we have faced and all the solutions into one. Now, forgive me for this name. His name is Tedros Gabarisius. Gabarisius. And I don't know how to say his last name, but I'm just going to call him Tedros. He is the director general of the WHO right now. He says that agreement can help us prepare for the future in a better way. The main goal of this treaty would be to foster an all an all of government and all of society approach strengthening national, regional, and global capacities and resilience to future pandemics. A statement put out by two dozen heads of state reads. Now, some say this agreement could cede sovereignty of nations such as the United States to the WHO, which seems valid based on the director's own statements. I mean, how much are we going to have to pay for this as a country if the global organization, led by unelected people such as Tedros here pictured on the screen are calling the shots as to what we can do. And just for context, let's give you more of what he has to say. This is Tedros speaking at the World Economic Forum. Watch. After we started putting a, a placeholder, you know, the first that came was uh, in the disease X is, is COVID. So we have experience now <clears throat> and we are preparing based on that experience. A lot of assessment has been done by independent panels and, 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 and experts. And based on their recommendation, many uh, initiatives have, we have already started many we initiatives. Started. And then the other key in order to have better prepared and to address the disease X is the pandemic agreement. Mm. The pandemic agreement can bring all the experience, all the challenges that we have faced and all the solutions into one. And that agreement can help us to prepare 
for the future in, in a better way. Because this is about a common enemy. And without a shared response, starting from the preparedness, <laughs> it, you know, we will face the same problem as, as, as COVID. And deadline for the pandemic agreement is May 2024. And member states are negotiating. This is between countries. Um, and I hope they will deliver uh, this pandemic agreement by that time. By yeah, May 2024. So basically bring the world together to solve a problem created by hmm, globalist elitists. That is what we are seeing. And I've got proof for you here on this episode. So stay with me. But first, some Bible just to give us some context and why we should be aware of this. Remember that Revelation chapter 13 talks about the fact that the beast, this dictator, this globalist dominant power is given a mouth uttering haughty and blasphemous words. He will act as God, in other words. And what does God do? He provides you with safety and comfort and, and prosperity and he blesses you. Well, that's what the World Health Organization, well, not the World Health Organization itself, but the WEF and the World Health Organization and all of these globalist power structures are trying to present themselves as. They are trying to present themselves as God in flesh. They are basically uttering blasphemous and haughty words. And then it says that it opens his mouth, verse thir- 6 of chapter 13 in Revelation, to utter blasphemies against God, blaspheming his name and dwelling and his dwelling, that is, those who dwell in heaven. And it was also allowed, listen to this, to make war on the saints to conquer them. And authority was given to it over every tribe and people and language and nation. And all who dwell on earth will worship it. Everyone whose name has not been written before the foundation of the world in the Lamb's book of life who was slain. So in verse nine, let me just read that because it's there. If anyone has an ear, let him hear. Like you've got to pay attention to the realities that we are starting to see come about here in our time and in our generation. Things that I never thought I would be covering or talking about as a pastor, we are literally seeing in real time unfold in before our eyes. Now this Dr. Tedros, the World Health Organization Director General, who is he? Let's do a little backup study of this guy. In 2017, he was running for the World Health Organization Director General position. And even the Washington Post uh, did an expose on some of the ways in which he covered up epidemics in his home country of Ethiopia. It says, quote, a leading candidate to head the World Health Organization was accused this week of covering up three cholera epidemics in his home country, Ethiopia, when he was health minister, a charge that could seriously undermine his his campaign to run the agency. He was Ethiopia's foreign minister from 2012 to 2016 and was praised for his diplomatic skills. During Dr. Tedros' campaign, he has been put on the defensive for working for a repressive government. Human Rights Watch and even the State Department have accused Ethiopia's ruling party of displacing thousands of citizens, gunning down hundreds of protesters and jailing or torturing political opponents and journalists. He has answered that some human rights violations were serious mistakes, but argues that Ethiopia is a nascent democracy with the growing pains common to new governments. Going on in the article, it says, under the international health regulations which apply to all WHO members, countries must accurately report disease outbreaks, but the WHO can officially report only what countries say. Historically, some countries have tried to cover up or play down outbreaks of human or animal diseases for fear that travel restrictions would be imposed, tourism would suffer, or food exports would be curtailed, or simply as a matter of national pride. So this guy already had a dirty past on covering up some pandemics and working for a very aggressively dominant, uh, uh, what he calls a nascent democracy, basically a dictatorship in Ethiopia. And he gets to this powerful position to start telling other nations what to do. How does this make sense? As an American, how does this make sense for us in our country? We're going to let some uh, uh, some 
basically hold over fascist tendency an Ethiopian State Department official now rule the world when it comes to potential diseases on the horizon. Now, USSA News, a news source that we are starting to look at a lot more closely here on the deep end, found this troubling uh, interchange between Brett Carlson, an evolutionary biologist, and Tucker Carlson. Uh, Brett Weinstein said, it is almost impossible to exaggerate how troubling what is being discussed is. In fact, I think it's fair to say that we're in the midst of a coup. We are actually facing the elimination of our national and personal sovereignty. The treaty would end the First Amendment in the United States. In other words, nothing prevents climate change from being declared a public health emergency that would trigger the, provi- the provisions of these modifications, Weinstein explained. And in the case that some emergency or some pretense of an emergency shows up, the provisions that would kick in are beyond jaw-dropping. Any basis that having declared one, they will be entitled to mandate remedies, he continued. Remedies that are to include vaccines, gene therapy technology is literally named in the things in the set of the things that the World Health Organization is going to reserve the right to mandate. Who will be in a position, WHO, will be in a position to require these things of citizens, he said. It will be in a position to dictate our ability to travel. In other words, passports that would be predicted, uh, that would be predicated on one, having accepted these technologies are clearly being described. And the New York Post also reporting back, way back in March of last year, that this would lead to the death of Americans, because if the WHO, the World Health Organization, uh, with its pursuit of equity for all nations, now has authority to dictate to the United States based on its uh, official understanding of what is required to address whatever pandemic is down the road, that really wealthy nations would pay the price to fund the um, bad leadership policies of of poor nations. And so what you're seeing here is globalism, friend. You're seeing the uh, surrender, if you will, of American autonomy. And there are some people who will say, yeah, but it's like the UN, it really doesn't have any power and it won't even control countries. But 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 just think about who's in charge in our country. Are not the globalists in charge of our country right now? Are not the uh, climate change alarmists in charge of our country right now? Are not the pandemic response alarmists, the vaccine mandate date pushers right now in charge of our country. What side do you think these leaders that we currently have in our country are going to come down on if the if push comes to shove and the WHO starts to say what America must do to address whatever said pandemic is coming down the pike? Not to mention how subservient the WHO is to Beijing, China, basically funded by the communist dictatorship and uh, Director General Tedros covered for China way back in 2020 several times as China failed to curtail or even inform the rest of the globe about the coronavirus outbreak. Even the Washington Post had to write about this back in 2020. It was the WHO who covered China with praise during the early days of the COVID pandemic, Tedros extolling the leadership of President Xi, and the WHO receives funding from China and is dependent on the Communist Party in many, many respects. And where else will the WHO have influence in your life? How about your diet? Because after all, you eating meat is bad, bad, bad. You having the freedom to purchase the kind of food that you want is not going to fly with the regime that's going to control one world's, the one world government when, when all these things start to break loose. And again, I don't want to alarm you too much as if to say that we are now living in the time of revelation, but you definitely can see it coming down the pike as you watch these events and you watch these figureheads start to play their hand 
you know, show where they're thinking and how they're going to dominate your life in the days to come. Here's Tedros explaining how the WHO wants in on your food choices. Watch. Our food systems are harming the health of people and planet. Food systems contribute to over 30% of greenhouse gas emissions and account for almost one third of the global burden of disease. Transforming food systems is therefore essential by shifting towards healthier, diversified, and more plant-based diets. If food systems delivered healthy diets for all, we could save 8 million lives per year. WHO is committed to supporting countries to develop and implement policies to improve diets and fight climate change. I'm therefore very pleased that over 130 countries have signed the COP28 UAE Declaration on Climate and Health. So there you go. You have the perfect marriage. You have climate alarmism, um, and then you have the idea that they're going to save lives and they're going to uh, provide a healthy diet for you. And it is just control of the population. It is exactly what government seeks to do in your life, to be God, to be provider, to be sustainer, to be the person that you look to for every answer in your life. And and the, and the bigger that this gets in our world and in our country, uh, the smaller biblical faith becomes, the smaller uh, personal autonomy becomes, and the less that we actually care for each other because we're going to turn to the government for fixing every one of our problems. Now, I've already talked to you about the tie-ins between the WHO and the Chinese uh, communist government. Uh, There's a lot more here underneath all the surface. The NPR reports that China right now is the 18th largest foreign land owner in America. That means that out of all the nations of the world, China is number 18 on the size or the portionality of their land ownership of our country. In 2021, this is from NPR, a Chinese company bought land near Air Force Base in Grand Forks, North Dakota, sending lawmakers into a frenzy. Lawmakers feared that China, which many politicians view as a strategic adversary, even though it is the country's top trading partner outside of North America could gain control over the U.S. food and energy supply, as well as a hold on markets and critical infrastructure. Although Chinese-owned land is a tiny fraction of all foreign land owned in the U.S., its purchases have raised fears that the Chinese government could have control through the Chinese corporations over U.S. assets or gain access to U.S.-based information. Indeed, during the past four decades, Chinese companies and investors have bought up land in the U.S., as well as purchased major food companies like Smithfield Foods, the United States' largest pork processor. Corporations own the majority of that land. Now, legislation in Congress would restrict Chinese ownership of that land. And and so you see China taking possession of American land, and then you also see its tie-in with the WHO, who is preparing for the next pandemic, the next disease X, if you will. And and Tedro said it on the video. You just saw it. He, he called COVID the first like kind of instance of disease X. And so it's like a placeholder for whatever's next on down the pike. And Here's the biggest article that we could find on all this nonsense that is happening in our world. And the corruption is unfathomable. Did you know that they found a Chinese biolab in California? Yeah, a woman was just driving by. She saw a garden hose sticking out of a warehouse. It was against, it violated code. She did some investigation. She found out that there was a lab coat clad employees in there informed her that they were Chinese nationals um, and 
what were the red Chinese scientists working on out of this warehouse in California full of expensive medical equipment? Harper found thousands of vials of biological substances. These vials were labeled in Mandarin or code, if they were labeled at all, which many weren't. In addition to the vials, vials of blood and jars of urine, Harper discovered nearly 1,000 lab mice packed into crowded, soiled containers. So you have... Chinese, the Chinese government buying up land all over our country and companies in our country that produce food. This, comp this Chinese government literally has the WHO in the palm of its hand, and the WHO is starting to tell the rest of the world what to do when disease X comes down the pike. You need to be aware. Now is not the time to just flippantly tiptoe through the roses as an American Christian. These things matter because Jesus taught us to watch and pray. Watch and pray. A lot of Christians pray. Not many Christians watch. They worry about the kids. They worry about their stuff. They worry about their lives. They worry about their health, but they don't see what's going on in the world because when we see these things, we're not to fear, we're not to shrink back. No, 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 no. We're to lift up our eyes. We're, we're to expect that Christ's return is coming. And these things I talk about on a regular basis in my church now because I never thought I would talk about these things. It is unbelievable to see it all unfold right in front of our eyes. But you got to do the digging. You got to do the research. You got to stay tuned to the channel. You got to, oh, I got an idea. Hit the like button, the subscribe button, and the notification bell. Get notified every time we produce new content to help you stay strong in faith in a world of utter craziness. Now, here is Dr. Peter McCullough talking about how this disease is currently being explored and developed and promoted by the WEF for the case of vaccine incubation. That's right, vaccine incubation. Putting vaccines in an incubator and holding them until they're necessary to solve a problem that is uh, breaking the world, but the problem is also caused by the world, the people of the world that control the world. So here he is in an interview, Dr. Peter McCullough. What a great man. Listen. Uh, why are they meeting on disease X? Well, disease X is a gain of function futuristic disease that's actually trying to be created in labs in order to create vaccines, monoclonal antibodies, and therapeutics. This is the new normal now, to create something that can get the entire world sick and hold that as a power chip, and then also uh, be on the heels of that with a, a vaccine. And so the World Economic Forum has, for the last several months, been, uh, been promoting the concept of disease X, WEF and Gates Foundation formed CEPI, the Coalition for Epidemic Preparedness and Innovation. That's a vaccine incubator. And they have. Yeah. So you've got the WEF, you've got the Gates Foundation, you've got the World Health Organization. It is all circling around. The powerful people are going to basically tell you what to do, how to live, and where to go, and how to spend your money, and if you can spend your money. Remember, the mark of the beast. It's not about a stupid sticker on your forearm, on your, on your, on your hand, or on your forehead. It's about whether or not you can purchase or sell. That is the mark of the beast. It is the control of the economic structures of the world. What is the World Economic Forum? We've talked about this on the show before, but I'll talk about it again. It was first established by Klaus Schwab in 1971. He's a German engineer. He has a degree from Harvard, a master's degree from Harvard. He's actually the son of a 1930s German industrialist. <laughs> and I'll just let that just uh, hang in the air there. And he formed this, this organization, World Economic Forum. It's been running for now, what, 50 
two, three years. It's in Davos, Switzerland, annually held this convention where all the power players come and speak. Here he is opening up this year's uh, World Economic Forum in Davos. Watch. We need a paradigm shift. We must rebuild trust, and that's actually the theme of our meeting. We have to rebuild trust. Trust in our future, trust in our capacity to overcome challenges, and most importantly, trust in each other. Trust is not just a feeling. Trust is a commitment to action, to belief, to hope. These are all religious, uh, biblical terms. Trust, belief, hope. It, and, and what he's looking for. What did Revelation say? He is looking for your trust. He is looking for your belief. He is looking for you to place your hope in, uh, in him, in, in his organization, in this globalist, elitist kind of mandate everything for everybody societal structure. I don't know if there's any more to this video, but let me see. To achieve this, we must rediscover and embrace the narrative that has driven humanity since its inception, acting as trustees for a better future. Yeah, basically, he wants to be God. And this is what is unfolding right now in plain sight. Thankfully, some House Republicans have introduced legislation to defund the World Economic Forum. They do take tens of millions of dollars from our national budget every year to host these stupid meetings. You, you want more evidence that they are literally trying to take over our country through these subservient uh, organizations? Here is Klaus Schwab speaking to Sergey Brin of Google about how technology and AI will basically eliminate the need for elections in the future. I kid you not. Eliminate the need for elections in the future through AI. Watch. So technology now is, and uh, digital technologies mainly have an analytical power. Now we go into a predictive power, and we have seen the first examples, and your company very much involved into it. But then the next step could be in, to go into a prescriptive uh, mode, which means um, uh, you, you do not even have to have elections anymore because you can already uh, predict what uh, predict and afterwards you can say why do we need elections because we know what the result will be you've got to be kidding me how, how does this sergey brin who made billions off americans and capitalism and this wonderful country that he lives in through his his company Google, just smile and nod as this man basically says that AI, which Google is totally putting his hand in, uh, is going to eliminate the need for elections in the future and restructure humanity as we currently know it. Thankfully, thankfully, and there's few and far between evidences of this, there are some people who are at the WEF, I don't even know how they got invited, but they did. And they are speaking out for the exact opposite narrative. Dr. Kevin Roberts, here he is on the screen. No, that's not him, but you'll see him in just a moment. Dr. Kevin Roberts is um, from the conservative think tank. He's the president of the conservative think tank, the Heritage Foundation. And he went into the belly of the beast, the, the belly of the globalist beast, and basically shoved down their own ideology right into the toilet in front of them. And it was glorious. And I can't wait to show you this video. Watch. 
one thing that Davos, you might say, and the people come here stand up for is liberal democracy. It's laughable that you would or anyone would describe Davos as protecting liberal democracy. I'll be candid here because I think I've been invited here to be candid. Elites tell us that open borders and even illegal immigration are okay. The average person tells us in the United States that both rob them of the American way of life. Elites also tell us that public safety isn't a problem in big American cities. Just travel to New York or Washington or Dallas, Texas. The average person will tell you that the lack of public safety damages not just the American way of life, but their life. Elites tell us that we we have this existential crisis with so-called climate change. The solutions, the average person know, cost more human lives, especially in Europe during the time that you need heating than do the problem and the problems themselves. The fourth, China. The number one adversary, not just to the United States, but to free people on planet Earth. Not only do we at, at Davos not say that, we give the Chinese Communist Party a platform. And fifth, as we sit here, another supranational organization, the World Health Organization, is discussing foisting gender ideology upon the global south. These are practices that are under review, if not being rejected. That's true, by the way. By countries in Northern Europe. The new president, especially if it's President Trump, will, as you like to say, trust the science. He will understand the basic biological reality of manhood and womanhood. And do you know why? Not because of retribution, not because he's a dictator, but because he has the power of the American people behind him. But let me just correct the, uh, the slight assertion you made there. We want Ukraine to win. We want to see Ukraine win with a lot more help from European allies. I think the United States has a role. Heritage has been clear about this for two years now, that we there is a world in which we support military aid for Ukraine. Our first obligation in foreign policy is to look at it through the lens of what's best for the American citizen. Joe Biden has done a god-awful job in articulating what that is. The kind of person who will come into the next conservative administration is going to be governed by one principle, and that is destroying the grasp that political elites and unelected technocrats have over the average person. Now, Dr. Kevin Roberts is not on the main stage there at Davos, but there was somebody who did make the main stage. Um, one, of, one of my favorite politicians and presidents in the country right now, president of Argentina, and what's his name? Javier Millet? Oh, man, he took to the stage in front of all those globalists, all those people who want to restructure economies, especially the economy of America, and basically told them, do not do it. Look at look at Argentina. Did I say Venezuela earlier? He's the president of Argentina. Look at Argentina. We were poor and we were poor because of what? top-down government, big institutions running our lives. And now he has eliminated those departments of, st of, the, of, the, of their federal government, and he has freed up the economy. By the way, housing market starting to climb, house prices jumping, people jumping into mortgages, getting their homes, the homes of their dreams happening right now in Argentina. It only took a few weeks of conservative leadership to say, let's step out of people's lives and let's let them live their lives. And here's what he had to say to the WEF globalists. It is glorious. 
Watch this. In concluding, I would like to leave a message for all business people here and for those who are not here in person but are following from around the world. Do not be intimidated, intimidated either by the political caste or by parasites who live off the state. Do not surrender to a political class that only wants to stay in power and retain its privileges. You are social benefactors, your heroes, you're the creators of the most extraordinary period of prosperity we've ever seen. He's talking about business leaders, innovators, people who do the work, people who put their hands into an, a business or a, a design or, or some kind of technology and they provide a product that people want to buy. And here's what he says. Let no one tell you that your ambition is immoral. If you make money, it's because you offer a better product at a better price, thereby contributing to general well-being. Do not surrender to the advance of the state. The state is not the solution. The state is the problem itself. You are the true protagonists of this story. And rest assured that as from today, Argentina is your staunch, unconditional ally. Thank you very much and long live freedom. Damn it. <laughs> I don't know how you say damn it in Spanish, right? He speaks Spanish, yes? Um, but I kind of want to learn based on <laughs> that speech because he is a living example. He is living it. What does it look like on the other side of top-down government? The federal government providing everything for you, doing everything for you, being everything for you. The global government trying to do those things for you. If, if Washington, D.C. can't help your life, what do you think Davos, Switzerland can do for you? Like that is the the, the 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 inevitable end of the world, global dominance through one world uh, government. And it is what Christians need to fight against, vote against, work against, speak against as much as possible. Because the redefinition of America is thoroughly underway. And I have to report again on the border, the, tar the terrorists are coming. I didn't believe this headline. I didn't want to report on this headline. But now we have visual video evidence of terrorists coming through the wide open borders under the Joe Biden administration. And it should alarm us all. Last week, this video made rounds on the border crosser to the right there in the video. And here's what he had to say when questioned by an interviewer as he crossed illegally into our country. Why? By the way, if you are smart enough, you would know who I am. But you are really not smart enough to know who I am. But soon you're gonna know who I am. Very easy. Yeah, very easy. <laughs> the, the entitlement. The entitlement. Uh, no, believe me, I'm much better than that. The entitlement, guys. Wow. Soon you will know who I am. Well, guess what? We now know who he is. They tracked him down. The guy in that video is Mavsum Samadov. He is a terrorist. He has been in jail in his home country for 12 years for trying to overthrow the government. And now he is in our country running free due to the southern border being wide open. My friends, this is alarming stuff that is happening right now as I speak to you. And I wish I could say that there's a silver lining. I mean, there's a few. The Heritage Foundation president, President Javier Millet in Argentina. And, and, and there's, there's a good chance that there's a change in our federal government coming up in 2024. However, I sincerely doubt it. My thought, though, for you as a Christian pastor, not again to alarm you, but to prepare you, to strengthen your heart and your faith, to get in closer to God now more than ever before, to, to, to understand the times in which we live. Because Scripture is very clear, 
from Matthew 25 that there are five foolish versions. There's five wise versions. The five foolish versions knew they could see the, 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 the return of the bridegroom was delayed. They needed oil in their lamps. In other words, they needed to be filled with the Holy Spirit. They needed to be filled with the word of the Lord. They needed to be filled with Jesus more and more and more as they watched the days approach. What does Hebrews chapter 10 say? Do not neglect the meeting of yourselves, the gathering of yourselves together, but do so more and more as you see the days approaching. And Peter hastening the day of the Lord, 1 Peter. So we have clear biblical mandates to not just be aware, but to be prepared and to know the times in which we live. Jesus scolded the Pharisees. He said, you know how to predict the weather, but you don't know how to predict the times. You don't even understand the day of your visitation. You've missed it. And those were Bible-believing people who missed it. Those were religious people who missed it. Now more than ever before, we see the dilution of the Christian faith. We see Christian leaders uh, capitulating on biblical mandates and truth. And now more than ever before, we see the need for, for godliness to rise up. And that brings me to sad news out of the church. We need to talk about Alistair Begg. Because Alistair Begg is a pastor who has just basically co-opted on, on a transgender marriage. I kid you not. So this is uh, from Christian Headlines. Alistair Begg sparks controversy for encouraging grandma to attend a transgender wedding. And so speaking on his um, topic, The Christian Manifesto, this is a book that's coming out by Alistair Begg. On a question and answer uh, radio program, here's what he said on his radio show recently. I'll play it, and then I want, I want to make a response uh, to Alistair Begg on this very, very important issue and a terrible take on the part of Alistair Begg. If you don't know who Alistair Begg is, he is a, one of the biggest Reformed preachers out there. He's a Reformed Calvinist. He is a, a popular speaker, author, very influential uh, in a lot of Christian circles, massive following, radio, television, ministry, and now he has just capitulated on transgender weddings. Watch this. You and I know that we field questions all the time that go along the lines of, uh, my grandson is about to be married to a transgender person, and I don't know what to do about this, and I'm calling to ask you to tell me what to do, which is a huge responsibility. And in a conversation like that, just a few days ago, um, and uh, people may not like this answer, but I asked the I asked the grandmother, "Does your grandson understand your uh, belief in Jesus?" Yes. Does your grandson understand that your belief in Jesus makes it such that you can't countenance uh, in any affirming way the choices that he has made in life? Yes. I said, well, then, okay, as long as he knows that, then I suggest that you do go to the ceremony, hmm. and I suggest that you buy them a gift. Hmm. Oh, she said, what? She was caught off guard. I said, well, here's the thing. You're not going to, your, your love for them may catch them off guard, but your absence will simply reinforce the fact that they said these people are what I always thought, judgmental, critical, unprepared mm -hmm. to countenance anything. And it is a fancy, it is a fine line, isn't it? It really yeah. is. And people need to work out their own salvation with fear and trembling. But I think we're going to take that risk. We're going to have to take that risk a lot more if we want to build bridges into the hearts and lives of those who don't understand Jesus and, and don't understand that he is a king. Wow. Uh, shocking. 
incredibly shocking uh, response to a sincere question. So shocking, in fact, that even the grandma who asked him was shocked at his response. It undermines everything Christians need to be about right now. This is not the answer to the degradation of the human society, the human um, experience that we, are, that, that we are watching unfold before our eyes. See, the problem is this. You cannot go to a place of celebration where uh, sexual immorality is being celebrated. That's what transgender, a transgender wedding is a homosexual wedding for all intents and purposes, because it's a guy marrying a guy who thinks he's a girl. Or is a girl marrying a guy who thinks, no, a girl marrying a girl who thinks she's a guy. It's insanity. It is the product of our re reality. It is going to continue to increase. And the response is not Christians go and celebrate with them. Your appearing at the wedding is a denial of truth because you have entered into the celebration moment. You have bought the gift. You have prepared. You have done the participation. Jesus did not do this. Anyone who wants to say Jesus did this because he hung around sinners. No, they came to him. They invited him over as they were saved. Matthew followed Jesus. He left his tax collector booth. Very next chapter, very next uh, vignette, he has Jesus over with all of his tax collector friends. Meet, meet my new Lord and Savior, Matthew is saying. I'm following him now. And this is the order of salvation. You don't win people to Christ by celebrating their sin in any situation. There's another story that Jesus gives in the prodigal son, where the prodigal is given the money by the father and he goes and he spends it recklessly on wild living. Does the father then go and celebrate? Does he show up for his birthday? No, he waits at home with the obedient son. And he welcomes him when the son repents and comes back to the father. And then he covers his sin and shame and he throws a party. And that is the beauty, beautiful picture of grace. But I would advise this grandma to do is don't go to the wedding, but tell your grandson or granddaughter, whatever it is, um, I'm praying for you. You're not doing what's right. Someday you're going to find out that this is not right. And when that happens, grandma is here. Grandma is waiting for you. And I love you. And I'm praying for you. And, I, and I'm here for you. So I can't go. I'm sorry. I'm not here to judge you because you're not in faith. I am. But when, when things fall apart for you, I want you to know I will be standing right here with open arms, ready to receive you back to myself, to Christ, to whatever. You've got to stand strong, Christians. You cannot celebrate this insane culture. And more now than ever before, I just see just it's very disheartening to, for me to watch this happen with even great pastors like Alistair Begg. But it is kind of the signs of the times that we are living in. <sighs> watch out for disease X. Watch out for the globalist elitists that are trying to control your life and pay attention to what's happening in the world. Too many Christians have their heads in the sand and we cannot afford to be there. That's what this show exists for. By the way, did you know that we have a membership plan? We call you the Dependables and you can sign up for one of five, four, sorry, four paid membership programs there, more membership plans. You're going to help us get to the national religious broadcasters 
convention coming up in February, and I'm going to be broadcasting from there, and I can't wait to send you that content, meeting all kinds of religious broadcasters from around the country, sending the word of the deep end far and wide, and if you'd like to be a part of that, would you join the Patreon, patreon.com slash timhatchlive. When you sign up and support us, we support with 20% of all revenue to Project Rescue and American Bible Society. Another way you can support us is the new swag shop at timhatchlive.com slash shop, and that also helps us get this content farther than it's ever been before. You can, by the way, like the video, subscribe, and hit the notification bell so that you can get notified every time we go live with new content. So I'm so glad that you were here tonight. And uh, if you are a deep ender, extra content is coming for season seven, episode 14. Other than that, have a great night. 